Hi you guys, welcome to episode 10 of Vibing in Valentino. So with all of the madness going on with the coronavirus, I really hope you guys are staying safe and you guys are staying indoors and um, taking good precaution to just protect yourself and your loved ones. So with that in mind, my weekly weakness this week is actually at-home workouts. And if you guys don't know or are uninspired and unmotivated, I have a few at-home workout videos on my Instagram page at NicoleNomXO that you guys can check out and follow along. And there's a ton of videos on YouTube. And I know one of my favorite trainers ever, Ingrid Clay, she is actually one of my guests on season one. She has a bunch of workout videos on her page that you guys can follow along with as well. But I just hope you guys are really being safe and taking great care of yourselves. Before I get into the conversation, I just want to remind you guys that you guys can go purchase my eight-week workout plan, Vibing Strong. It was designed with minimal equipment, so you guys can really use it as an at-home workout plan if you guys want. All you need is a bench, if you guys don't have a bench, a sturdy chair, resistance bands are optional. Obviously, I recommend it if you guys are trying to spice it up and weights so if you guys don't have weights, you know, some water bottles, shampoo bottles, whatever. If you guys want to book a one-on-one -on -one consult with me about anything fitness and nutrition related, I can even train you guys virtually um, for an hour. Or if you guys just want to drop a line and say hi, head over to my website, vibinginvalentino.com. Alright, let's get right into our conversation this week. So our guest this week is not new to Vibing in Valentino. She's been on here in the first season to teach us all about astrology, how it works. She read my birth chart, all that stuff. But today, she's back to tell all of us a little less about me and a little bit more about the rest of y'all. And I'm very excited to not completely get read on air this time. <laughs> Max Sternbaum, welcome back to Vibing in Valentino. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be back. So happy to have you back. How have you been? I've been good. I mean, it's funny because I went and listened to the podcast we did before because I wanted to, I didn't ever save um, a picture of your chart, so I wanted to look at your chart again or hear uh. about it again. <laughs> and I, ta I mentioned the January 12th conjunction, which, you know, I'm sure everybody, every astrologer was talking about that last year. Uh -huh. But yeah, it's happened. Okay. <laughs> and um, I mean, I feel like well, A, we're all still here. <laughs> That's nice. Right. Thank God. <laughs> but thank God. But I mean, there are some things that are happening that I feel are very much Saturn and Pluto. And the, the first thing that was amazing and happened on a Neptune transit, but was very Saturn Pluto um, esque, was uh, Harry and Meghan Markle stepping down from their royalty. I Shut mean, up. that is so. Oh, it, it, it's like the the epitome of what Saturn and Pluto and <gasps> Capricorn is trying to do. It's about you know old structures dying out, and what is the what more old is there than a monarchy? Yeah, like, that just it doesn't monarchy. fit anymore. Yeah, it doesn't fit anymore, and I just. They, they, it was just so awesome to me. I mean, it, it the timing of that was crazy. But also, I think the coronavirus is part of it. So it's a really intense year, and it's only, you know, coming to the close of February. So I'm sure we have some more things to see. I'm sure. And hopefully one of those will, will, will be our uh, government changing. Yes. Well, you, yeah, so, yeah. okay, so you think that that aspect is going to change? 
I do. Okay. I think I really do. I, I, I mean, it has to. I think mm-hmm. that Saturn and Pluto won't allow for um, for this any longer. But mm-hmm. I don't know how much resistance there will be before it crumbles. You know, we could have a 10-year t- resistance. I mean, if, if Trump gets reelected, we're obviously going to have another four years plus whatever damage that does yeah. um, for the next few years after his next uh, term in office. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, I mean, I honestly think that maybe the coronavirus might help bring him down just okay. because we're so ill-prepared in the con- in this country to yeah. deal with it yeah. and we're starting to see cases in the U.S. Yeah. So we'll see if that might, if people might finally change their mind about him, the people who still support him saying, okay, well, we need somebody who knows how to handle an emergency right now and it's mm-hmm. clearly not him, but but we'll see. I don't know. It, it, it really is, this is where free will comes into play. This is, you know, astrology, it includes free will. So uh-huh. if everybody in this country is not ready to change and is very fearful and wants to hold on to the to the past then you know time will tell yeah yeah that's crazy it's crazy it is so crazy it's nuts so this time I wanted you to really talk about you know the signs and like their tendencies but before we get started should our listeners be paying attention more to like their sun sign or their rising sign or their moon sign Mm -hmm. love this question it's so important I think as astrology comes um you know, into the forefront and Uh more in play. And it's all of the above. Um, I think if you know the rest of your planets, like if you know where your Mercury sits, if you know where your Venus sits, then you should be listening to those two. Just put it in context. So for example, like when you're paying attention to your moon sign, you're going to be relating to that part of yourself that is inside your inner landscape, how you deal with things emotionally, how you immediately react to things. Um, It's also how maybe how you related more as a kid before we had like all of our life trauma and Mm -hmm. made us, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of put up walls and things. Mm -hmm. Um, It could also help you pay attention to how you relate to your mother or the more feminine parent. Um, And it's your femininity as well, your yin, your moods, uh, that sort of thing. And then the rising, you know, would be how the world sees you and how you see the world mm-hmm. um, and so we could we would relate to that to like it's more it's a big chunk of your your personality what comes out when you're in front of other people got it and then your son is more the way at least that I look at it is more of who you are here to become um, you know we, we will always relate to characteristics of our sun sign all of the time mm-hmm. um, but it, the key is that it's what you're here to learn uh, how you're to grow got yeah. it Okay, so which signs are the least and the most emotional? Like, which ones are the most attached ones? Okay, so when we talk about emotions, I mean, like, a synonym for that in terms of astrology would be the water signs. Oh, okay. So water and emotions are uh, the, one, one of the same. So um, all the water signs are the feeling signs. It's Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio. Um, these guys, they, like... They're, they're, they don't even need to be here on planet Earth. Um, and in fact, I would argue that Pisces <laughs> probably feel like that they are very rarely here at all. They are inhabiting other realms. And that, that watery, emotional feeling sense yeah. of, of, all the, of the Scorpio, of the Cancer, of the Pisces, it, it's because they are connected to the other side. They're connected more. I, I don't want to say spirituality because all of the signs are all connected to spirituality, but mm-hmm. they are able to sort of live more in the gray areas they're not so black and white not so attached to like the rules here um 
Yeah, and I would say second to, in terms of emotionality, being emotional, I'd say second to water, which is very emotional, very feeling-based, is fire, fire sense. So that's Sag, Leo, and Aries. And I'm not sure that emotional is the right word for them, but the right word for them is passion. So with passion kind of comes emotional reaction. So that's why I would put them second to that. Okay. They're fiery. They're visionary. They um, hold a lot within them. So this can kind of manifest as emotions. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, to go to the other end of the spectrum, uh, we would move to the air signs and the earth okay. signs. Okay. And I kind of like to put the, sort of the way that I put water and fire together in terms of emotionality. I put air and earth together in terms of unemotional uh unattached and unfeeling and unattached is more specific to air mm-hmm. but basically air signs which is libra uh gemini and aquarius yeah they they occupy the mental realm the intellect so they don't really deal with emotion because it doesn't make a lot of sense to them and particularly for libra it's too messy to deal with libra doesn't want to really? deal with any human messiness um they want everything to just be happy and good and copacetic and everything's perfect Mm -hmm. um but all in all the air signs would rather find the logic behind something rather than waste their time with um the emotions that are a inexplicable and b don't really solve anything in their opinion and then we move to earth signs who i wouldn't say are unattached but i would say that they don't deal with feelings Uh, because of the messiness of feelings uh earth signs really like order they don't like chaos and for earth signs which is taurus uh, virgo and capricorn Uh they see um emotions as chaotic um they they really just can't be bothered by feelings they you know cap wants to focus on its ambition virgo wants to focus on details taurus would rather just sit back and maybe watch tv or drink a (laughs) bottle of wine (laughs) and so all of those heated feelings make earth pretty uncomfortable yeah um yeah because they earth likes to know to know just period they like to know and emotions represent unknown and Mm. and i think that's difficult for them yeah see when you grouped water and fire together in the beginning i feel like water tends to be like the sad emotions like the crybaby emotions sure yes exactly (laughs) but the fire signs are rage (laughs) right rage and also like like expressive joy i mean you that's very interesting that you put it on that spectrum because you're absolutely right you're totally right and er and water signs really are the only ones that like can it can be okay because we all experience the sad feelings we all experience like these deep intense sadness but the thing about water signs is that they like they go in it without fear the rest of us like put up walls we we try and um like compartmentalize our feelings whereas water just feels it you know they just they know there's value there but you're so right the way that you put it on the spectrum (laughs) yep 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 do okay do water signs hold on to grudges but like more than other signs because I dated like a really hood cancer like he's like literally like the blood (laughs) but he is a cancer so I'm like is that not the most like oxymoronic thing ever and I've actually dated so many cancers I don't know why I don't know why they keep walking into my life like I don't want them anymore but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he was like he would be so upset about something and not really show it but mm-hmm. things would surface like years mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Yep. Years yeah. Later. I, it's interesting that you picked specifically cancer uh-huh. and to, to talk about grudges. Yeah. Because cancer, unlike, I mean, 
obviously all of the water signs can can sort of relate on the same level but the but cancer the crab has a memory that is unlike any other sign i mean they are known no. for their memory Dead okay ass. so the crab never forgets so i think that when we talk about a grudge it's it's really it's less it's really about the evolved cancer versus the unevolved cancer. Okay. So the evolved cancer might be able to forgive, but they will never forget. Mm-hmm. The unevolved cancer will both not forget yeah. and not forgive. <laughs> right? Like neither one. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly, exactly. And, you know, and I think that's the case because all the water signs are the, the sensitive signs. They're the ones that operate from emotion. And cancer, in my opinion, is the most sensitive the most tender fleshed of of the three water signs yeah but yet it's the most afraid of that that tenderness so you know from their first trauma and i'm telling you the very first trauma like if a cancer has a difficult birth Uh like they they don't forget that they might not remember (gasps) it consciously but they and, and some of them do remember it consciously but they they that experience for them as an infant, they start to build their wall, their their shell. So every trauma after that, whatever the trauma is, whenever it starts, the, the shell gets a little thicker and a little thicker and a little thicker. And it's because they're just like so freaking sensitive and they're so, they just feel so deeply yeah. that I think that they're really protective of themselves. They've felt immense pain and they don't want to feel it anymore. So yeah. I think that's kind of where... I mean, aside from the whole memory thing, they're like crazy ass memory. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where where this like kind of I don't know the not Pisces, but Scorpio and Cancer can have a bitchiness to them, and I think it comes from that. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Scorpios are a different kind of bitchiness, though, right? Scorpios oh, yeah. are like a little bit more like jealous and like like a yes, little bit intense. more possessive. Yeah, well, see the the talking about fear again. I don't. I think Scorpio is fearless. Scorpio does not have fear. They're not afraid of their emotions. So when you hurt a Scorpio, Scorpio is going to hurt you right back. It's it's mm-hmm. not like a Cancer that will let it stew or a Pisces that will you know cry and say, you know, I am you and you are me and let's all just feel the pain. I feel your pain. <laughs> why you're mad? But the the Scorpio's like, no, bitch. Like yeah. you, you, this is pain. You will feel it too. So, yeah, you're right. Scorpio is definitely a different type of bitchiness. And yeah. then, of course, the Pisces is the just, like, I cry with the world. You know, Pisces has no boundaries with, you know, no psychic, no energetic boundaries. So if you're upset or if a stranger is walking down the street is up and is upset, Pisces feels that. Like, they legitimately feel that. They have no protection. Are there signs that have tendencies for, like, psychopathic behavior? <laughs> Because I read somewhere that Geminis have the most serial killers. And having, like, the most two frequent signs I date are Cancers and Geminis. And I can see that being the case. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, so I literally, I love this question. And I swear to God, if I ever get, like, my shit really together, I would like to do a PhD on this. Like, I'm so fascinated by serial killer charts. So here's... Okay, so here's what my feeling on this. I think, okay, like talking about Gemini specifically is the easiest target because, yeah, Gemini (laughs) is the twins. It's the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, if you have a really unevolved or, you know, traumatized Gemini, someone who maybe had a dark childhood or whatever, like, it's the, they're so easy to be able to flip to, you know, like one side today and then at night another side. Yeah. Um, But, 
I honestly like I've I've have looked at a lot of serial killers charts uh-huh. and it's all across the spectrum. Like Ted Bundy, for example, he was a Sag. He had his moon, Mars, and Sun in Sag. Uh, Hitler, for example, was a Taurus. Hitler and I have like a really super similar chart. It's Matt. terrifying, but <laughs> but it's, but whatever. You know, there it's, it is what it is. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer was a Gemini, so there's a Gemini. But his Gemini, his son in Gemini was in the eighth house, which the eighth house is ruled by Scorpio. It's a bit of a darker house. Mm. Um, John Wayne Gacy was Pisces, which to me, I would think the last thing you would think is that a Pisces who's so sensitive and who can feel everyone's pain, although that might be the reason why, would be um, a a serial serial killer. killer. But yeah, the Boston Strangler was a Virgo. So, you know, it's, it's hard to to find it through the astrology mm-hmm. um although maybe you know one day if i do do a phd on it i will be able to tell you what sort of patterns i find in yeah. it but yeah like which planet and which exactly yeah. like did they have some connection to pluto because pluto would be the easiest planet to think of in terms of you know just outright death and yeah. um yeah so it, it's interesting it's it's a fascinating question in my yeah. opinion yeah because i mean gemini's they can very seamlessly switch moods Mm-hmm. And if you're around a Gemini, you're just kind of like, I don't know what kind of mood I'm walking into, but... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I would love to know about, like, Bonnie and Clyde, if you do a PhD on it. Cause what a good... I can't believe I didn't think to look that one up. Okay, I will look... I'm going to look it up, and I'm going to yeah. text you, and yeah, then you add me. it in the show notes. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to add it in the show notes. I'll probably talk about it, too, because their relationship... I bet they have Libra somewhere in their chart. Oh, they have to have Libra, because Libra is... Well, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. They might not have Libra, but... It, my first thought would be Libra because Libra is all about related, you know, being in partnership and the fact that they, oh. anyways, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to, I'm going to text it to you. Wait, Libras yes. are about partnership. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're like, they're literally Libra is on this planet to relate to other people, to relate to other. Got it. Um, and, that's why a lot of Libras, like, at its most, like, base level, like, a Libra doesn't want to go to a movie by itself. It needs to have someone there to see the movie with it. But at its highest level, like, Libra really needs to be in partnership, like, in a relationship with either, a, you know, if it's a business relationship or a romantic relationship, but it is not comfortable navigating this world on its own. Oh, okay. So what a perfect segue into my next question so I wanted to know about this for a long time but which sign has the most like infidelity issues and like problems with commitment and which ones are the Mm -hmm. more loyal ones in a relationship so yeah I again I feel like this is a difficult question because a there's like so many different aspects of a chart so Mm -hmm. let's say I like a classic example of loyalty is Taurus Taurus is like one of its key words is loyal but for example I'm a Taurus and I've cheated on a partner before so it's it's just it's you know maybe if I had you know five planets in Taurus that would never have happened Mm -hmm. but that's that's hard to say so I think it's it's a little hard to 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 sort of separate it that way but you know like for example the gemini bringing gemini again and like i love gemini and i have gemini in my chart in a really prominent way so uh-huh. i'm not hating on gemini but <laughs> gemini can be can get bored really quickly and yeah. easily so if you're not if you're in a relationship with a gemini and you're not they don't feel stimulated by you or they're 
they're getting bored, it could be, if especially if they're an unevolved Gemini, it would be easy for them to sort of just dip out on the side, you know? Yeah. Especially if it's a Gemini and a Taurus. So let's say it's a Gemini sun with a Taurus moon. So the Taurus moon really wants to feel safe and secure in relationship. Mm -hmm. But the Gemini sun is bored and it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep this little side of me hidden. Let my Taurus feel comfortable in the relationship while I get, you know, excitement from somewhere else. So Ooh. it's kind of, and it's it's hard to separate it that way. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So Geminis, you would tend to say that they have like problems. Yeah, that. I think, I think that in, ter in terms of like, let's talk more about the unevolved signs mm -hmm. versus the evolved signs. Mm -hmm. um, a Gemini and Sag are kind of like the well-known signs that, well, Gemini, right. like I said, getting bored easily yeah. and Sag needing freedom. So if, a, if you're in a relationship with a Sag and the Sag is starting to feel too tied down, but for whatever reason, they don't have the balls to break up with you or whatever it is, I could see them needing to, you know, again, dip out on the side. Yeah. But, you know, for example, my I mentioned my dad already. He had five planets in Pisces, uh -huh. um, but he was like a notorious philanderer. I don't think he was, <laughs> but he never, but he was always married. So it's like, it, you know, he could uh, not live a life alone, yeah. yet he could not be with just one woman. So, you know, oh it's, it's again, high-low expressions. And yeah. for him, with all that Pisces, I'm sure he could feel the pain of his wives when they found out he was cheating on him, yet it, it wasn't enough to... Stop him. Get him to stop. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, Sages are really well-known for being, like, the bachelors of the Zodiac. Yes, exactly. They have a hard time, well, quote unquote, a hard time settling. See, this is another good example that, and I think I, we, we talk about this in the next question, but my husband is four planets in Sag, including his son, um, yet, but he's a Libra rising with mm -hmm. a Libra Mars. Mars is not only our sexual aspect, but it's, you know, our body, how we like get what we want in this world. So he has a propensity f for wanting to be in relationship, but here's the modifier. He's a Sun-Saturn conjunct. Saturn is all about commitment, discipline. Oh. Um, so it's funny because I think to myself sometimes, and, and I love Sagittarius, I have two planets in Sag, mm -hmm. no hate against Sag, but mm -hmm. I when I think about Sagittarius and me, I'm like, no, 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 I would never be with the Sag, Sag is not for me, yet because my husband has the Sun-Saturn conjunct, it brings a different experience to Sagittarius with my Taurus and all of that, and I have a ton of Capricorn, so our commitment one of the most important things in our relationship is our commitment to one another like we both really wanted to be in a committed partnership okay so those things matter more than listeners would like even assume yes yeah and that's the hard part because a lot of people like because we don't learn astrology in school or we're not mm -hmm. taught it by our parents or by our culture it we want to sort of simplify it and be like okay all sages are this way or all gemini's are this way but it's not that way you, you really have to take into account all of these modifiers like mm -hmm. for example my son being uh, my son my <laughs> husband being a sun saturn conjunct you yeah. know which really changes his sagittarian energy wow you got lucky Yes, I, yeah. I know. I know. I did. I did. <laughs> Imagine if it was not like. Oh I, I know. Yeah, and I tell you, when I meet Sages, like I have a couple friends who have a ton of planets in Sag too, and they're so all over the place. Like they're so like that. You know, they text me, say, "You want to make? You know, I want to see you. I haven't seen you. Like, let's make plans." I'm like, "Okay, uh, how about you know next Thursday?" I'm, 
at, let's have dinner at six. And she's like, oh, no, I'm out of town next week. Uh, I'll hit you up when I'm back. And it's like, girl, you're the one who reached right. out to me. Like, what, <laughs> what are you even talking about? And so it's like that energy, like, is frustrating for a tourist who is, like, very stable. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we make a plan. We do this. And yeah. this is how it goes. But my husband is very much more like me than he is, like, my, my girlfriend who is all these planets and such as well. Yeah. Yeah. So do you... Do you tend to agree with the common stereotypes that we're, we always hear, like, like again, like, Sagittarius or noncommittal or, like, Scorpios or, like, jealous and crazy, and do you mm-hmm, tend to agree mm-hmm. with those things? I actually, this one, I totally do. Okay. I, again, there are modifiers, so, like, you can't necessarily, like, if you meet someone and they're a Sag, you can't look at them and say, oh, you're going to be part of this stereotype, but in general, yes, I think all the stereotypes come um from the from a, a kernel of truth in the signs, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, again, the example of my husband is is a good one here because he's modified by his Libra and by his Saturn um, and Sun conjunct. But I mean, let's talk about Scorpio. I mean, shit, yeah, Scorpios are intense and crazy, but. I mean, someone in in this world has to be. They are the ones that, in a way, carry that burden, in my opinion. Okay. Um, and I think, honestly, like Scorpio and Aries and definitely Leo, too, are the most underrated signs, in my opinion. They kind of get the worst reputation. <laughs> for being um, crazy. Right? For be- yeah, for being crazy <laughs> or for being too, you know, intense or too, yeah. you know, self-focused. But I think, like, going back to Scorpio, like, Scorpio is capable of magic because of its ability to hold all of that intensity yeah. and I think that we just in this reality in this material reality we we kind of can't we don't see that intensity as otherworldly we just see it as like jealous or biting or too intense but in my opinion like the evolved Scorpio takes all of that energy and makes magic out of it yeah and just like or like leo let's do leo for example a lot of people okay leo's obsessed with itself leo just wants you to applaud you know leo and what blah 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 but when you get to know an evolved leo leo is the most generous sign the most heart-centered sign of the zodiac it will literally give its shirt off its back to you like leo will do anything for you and you know so it's again the stereotype is coming from a kernel of truth because leo is very Mm self-focused it's the son of this it's the king of the zodiac like it should be the center of attention yeah but at the same time i mean an evolved leo a leo that's working well with itself Mm -hmm. is going to be this incredibly generous and creative and expressive just awesome creature yeah yeah you're right you're right there's Mm -hmm. evolved and Mm -hmm. non-evolved versions of every sign out there so you Mm -hmm. can just oh yeah and by unevolved i mean it, it, it could be a couple of things. It could be one, not wanting to work on yourself. I think, you know, part of being in this life on this planet, you know, for, you know, between let's say 60 and 90 years is to try and like go inward and say, how can I be a better person? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also in terms of like our childhood traumas or our, our life traumas. It doesn't just have to be childhood. So if there's, you know, let's say a Leo whose parents were very, I don't narcissistic or Mm -hmm. just didn't give Leo any attention and like put Leo in a box in a way, Mm -hmm. then that Leo is not going to be like the most highly evolved, uh, loving, generous king like Leo that exists. You know, that Leo is going to have a lot of work to do to get to that place. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. 
do you think parents should parent their kid according to their kid's signs then? Okay, I love that you asked this question because what I've learned in my in the last year of um, just doing readings and yeah. I do like self-study packs and all these things is that like my favorite thing to do is to do children's charts and newborn yeah. baby charts. Yes, and, and I do them for the parents, yeah. right? So and they know how to raise their kids. So they... And the feedback that I've gotten from the parents, because it's really like sometimes I get people who I've done a reading for, they'll, you know, text me or email me or whatever and say, oh, this was so awesome. Like, I'm really working on this and whatever. But for the most part, like 90 percent of my feedback is from parents. And it's so amazing. It, it's like so heart warming yeah. for me and so satisfying because they are able to especially those who don't have a background in astrology at all like maybe they know their sun sign but they didn't know anything else mm -hmm. but now they're starting to see as their children grow they're like oh well this is my daughter's mars and aries trying to assert herself how can i support her assertiveness rather than oh you can't you know don't yell like you got to go sit in the corner now yeah. it's it's more like this is her nature now how do i find a way to support it and let her channel it healthfully yeah. So I think, yes, for anyone out there, like, I love doing babies and children's charts. Yeah. Please come to me. Like, it is the most wonderful thing. And I think it's so helpful. Yeah, because like you said, like, childhood traumas can really mm -hmm. affect, you know what I mean, how a kid grows up and how elevated they become as they grow. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's so helpful to know all about your kid's nature before you can start to, like, ruin a blank slate I guess yes. is what I'm trying to say yeah yes no you're absolutely right especially if your chart is very different from your child's chart yeah. so some people you know some parents and children might have quite similar charts and then they can sort of intuit their way through it but if you have a completely opposite chart from your child then you're really going to need some objective you know information to help you deal with your kid yeah. instead of thinking that your kid is just a psychopath you know yeah. <laughs> you 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 got it you got to understand that your kid's operating from a completely different place than you are yeah oh yeah. god that's amazing i think if i was to have a kid i would definitely first thing i would do would be oh, call, yeah. I'd, I'd call you be like hey <laughs> oh, oh yeah. in this hospital room at this hospital yep, yep. yeah Time come to see take me <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> Okay, so what are some other common stereotypes that you've heard about each sign that you agree or disagree with? So again, you know, I feel like because I am so aware of all of these modifiers in yeah. the chart all of the time, it's hard for me to, to see um, anything other than, like, I mean, I, I guess I would look at it more as like the high-low expression of each okay. sign. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like we kind of mentioned with, with Gemini that they can be liars or fibbers or that they oh, play yeah. with the truth a little bit right yeah, yeah. but I, you know i think gemini just like it, it's it's kind of what it is it plays with the truth because it sees every all sides all of the air signs can can hold all all sides within it like i mean libra in and of itself it's glyph is the scales like it, it literally can hold you know the defendant's opinion and the opponent's opinion like yeah. it can hold both within itself so I think Gemini kind of plays off that as well like it, it wants to inhabit all sides so when it's one minute it's like you know it's telling you this and then the next minute it's playing a completely opposite game it's only because it likes trying on different sides or different mm. ways of being yeah and that's and the difference there is that Gemini is a communicator so Whereas like other signs might be, you know, Libra might be playing with 
you know, this side versus that side, Gemini likes to share about it a lot. So it comes out a lot in, in, in their, you know, the way they communicate with others. Yeah. Um, I think we, we also mentioned the Leo, Leo being like overly self-involved or yeah, self-centered, a little but vain. again, a little vain, but again, we know that, um, the highest expression is Leo is it's heart centered generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's playfulness. I mean, literally like Leo, I love Leo because Leo knows how to play it. It knows what joy is. It, it never forgets that childlike mentality, which is so important in terms of spiritual growth. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, Scorpio, we talked about with the in- intensely jealous or, mm-hmm. you know, but I just think that Scorpio, they, they just, are when they decide to commit or when they want to explore something, they have to explore it through and through. Like they are not like, I always joke that Scorpio is the type of lover that's like going to end up murdering you and like skinning you and then wearing your skin and like walking around in your skin because that's how deeply it wants to know you. It literally wants to be in your skin. Um, But you know, and also I mentioned also that Scorpio has no fear. So Scorpio is going to push buttons, whether it's a jealous button or whatever, because it's not, it has no fear of repercussion or of, you know, society or their partner saying, Oh no, you can't do that. No, Scorpio is going to do whatever the fuck it wants. Um, caps Capricorn gets a lot of gruff because a lot, you know, that they're unfeeling workaholics or that they only care about climbing the the corporate ladder or whatever. But I I think that, well, there's two things. I think a Capricorns are really ambitious Mm -hmm. and they're, on this planet to build something all of the earth signs are builders so they're here to literally manifest something in this world and that's you know a feeling that they it's innate like they they don't have control over that but it's also that capricorn is an extremely sensitive sign it's but it's a hidden sensitivity capricorn sometimes doesn't even recognize it within itself and a lot of capricorns go throughout their entire life and never get to touch this side of themselves but they're incredibly sensitive creatures and i think they have a lot of fear around that so they put up thick thick walls Mm -hmm. and that can kind of you know if anyone out there knows a capricorn or has a capricorn as a parent it can feel like you can't touch them you'll never get to know them you can't get you can't get past their wall but i think it's a wall of fear it's not like a I don't know, like a, a choosing to be separate from you or whatever. It's it's just that they, they're they're very sensitive, yeah, and they just don't want to acknowledge that. Uh, Sag with the whole commitment phobe, I think that that's it's not you know it's not necessarily about commitment per se. I think it's more about freedom. So Sag really needs to be feel free whether you know that and that doesn't mean that it doesn't want to be committed to a relationship but it needs to like if Saj wants to get up tomorrow and buy a ticket to Jerusalem like it's gonna do that and if you're the type of partner who's like oh no 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 you can't do that I we haven't planned this you didn't talk about it you need to bring me or Mm -hmm. whatever like that's not cool with Saj Saj needs to be able to do what it needs to do when it needs to do it Saj is the explorer of the zodiac and if any if it feels it's being inhibited to explore then that's not going to work for Saj Mm -hmm. and I think you know the best thing for Saj I think is to have a partner who is either a willing to give them their space when they need it or you know enjoys the type of exploring and freedom and you know uh, spontaneity that that Saj itself likes yeah um Aquarius is a lot of times I think Aquarius gets that sort of unfeeling cold yeah. um 
feeling too but it's 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 kind of like i think aquarius and virgo have a couple things in common but and and these and because virgo can kind of get not i don't think that you would say virgo's unfeeling but you can virgo can be really judgmental or critical and i think for aquarius and virgo these two things come from the fact that aquarius and virgo are the servants of the zodiac they are here to better us um, Aquarius is literally the humanitarian of the Zodiac. It literally wants to, it sees what's wrong with society or with humanity and can figure out how to take us to the next level to make things better. Mm-hmm. And Virgo as well is the perfectionist, is is the um, is the virgin, literally the, the idealized vision of perfection yeah. because it wants to make itself better. So it's, it's not that they're unfeeling or that they're judgmental. It's that they're working on themselves and mm-hmm. they're working for others and they expect everyone else to be doing the same thing too, which can be a little, you know, that's a high standard yeah. for others. Cause a lot of people, you know, can't meet that standard yeah. and that's fine. They don't have to, that's it's on Aquarius and Virgo to recognize that for themselves. Yeah. It's not on the rest of us to meet Virgo and Aquarius standards, <laughs> but it's important to, to realize that, where Aquarius and Virgo are coming from is not a bad place. It's literally a, a place of progress and a place of how can we do better for all of us? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I would say also Libra, Libra has, uh, it's known as being like super indecisive or needing to be with others at mm-hmm. all times. Like it can't spend any time alone. And I just, I think that with the indecisive thing, so I'm Libra rising, my husband's Libra rising and okay. it's really fucking difficult for us to pick a place to eat for dinner. <laughs> But it's because we can see all sides. Like, if we're talking about do you want sushi or Italian for dinner, well, we're like, well, Italian's great because A, B, and C. Oh, but sushi's great because D, E, and F. How the fuck are we supposed to choose between all of these, the best options of both? You know, it could be be difficult. Um, And then I would also, I think, I don't think I mentioned Taurus. You know, I'm I'm a Taurus son. Yeah, I got to read my Taurus. But um, Taurus is, you know, they get they're the classic like oh Taurus is stubborn or Taurus is lazy and for me I think the stubbornness it's not that we're stubborn it's that we're committed so Taurus Mm. takes a long ass time to come to a final decision about something that's maybe where the lazy comes from we're sitting on the couch and we're really figuring it out you know we're really running the numbers and we're really just getting comfortable with what you know it is and so when we finally get to that place it can be very hard to move us because we've spent a lot of time figuring it out and I will say and this is not just my Taurus son that Taurus is usually right like Taurus I'd say let's give it a 75% like because they work so hard at figuring it out yeah so 25% of the time they might need some help and some other opinions but nobody works as hard as a Taurus see this is literally antithesis of lazy nobody works as hard as a Taurus at getting to a position or getting to a a decision yeah um and so that's where I think that stubborn comes from yeah no that's true that's true because Anna like one of my best friends you know her (laughs) Anna she's a Taurus and she is right like a lot of Mm -hmm. the times like she yeah she takes a while to to, like think things through like even like picking a place to eat like she'll send Mm -hmm. me like a whole list of options and they'll be like okay but we've we've been here like this many times like I'm tired like we're tired of this place like let's try something new yeah she's like but this is closer to work and this is closer to your house like she thinks it through you know what I mean yep yep and and I was gonna say look at Anna so Anna's a trainer yeah she is such a great trainer because she knows 
everything about what she's doing yeah. inside and out. So if she's going to give you a movement and then correct you, like she know she knows exactly the way your body is supposed to be in position. She can tell when you're doing something like her attention to detail with this stuff is is so exact because yeah. she's worked really hard to know it inside and out. Yeah. And it took it took a lot of time, you yeah. know. That's the other thing. Taurus takes a lot of time to get to that point, but yeah. once it's there, it's it's, it's unmovable. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think certain signs are more prone to like drugs mm. and alcohol and mm -hmm. heavy partying than mm -hmm. others? Mhm. Mm yeah, I do. Okay, so here's before I go into the signs, I'm just going to quickly say the two planets that I think play into this because let's say I I'm going to say Pisces because Pisces is the is known as like the classic like oh drunken Pisces like really? crazy Pisces in the corner. Yep, yep, and I'm, I'll tell you why in a minute. But if you have if you don't have any Pisces in your chart and but you have Neptune conjunct your ascendant or Neptune conjunct your Sun or you have Jupiter somewhere in your chart like let's say Jupiter conjunct your Moon. Okay. I think that the, what I'm about to say comes into play, too. So you need to think about Neptune and Jupiter when you're okay. thinking about drinking drugs, heavy partying. Um, but I think so there's a couple different levels to this. I think Cancer and Taurus um, have like an easy time. Like it's not hardcore partying, but they're the like stoners. Like they sit back on the couch and mm -hmm. they smoke like three joints and yeah. they're watching movies for like 12 hours and they don't get off the couch. Yeah. And there's something about a sense of security that both cancer and Taurus are seeking as well as like, um, I don't know if like, I don't want to automatically assume it's fear. I know in my own personal experience, it is a little bit about fear okay you know I've, I've had like I've been a huge pothead like in college and then like I had in my 20s too and uh -huh. it, I just had like issues with pot mm -hmm. um and then my best friend who was a cancer we both just like basically from like 18 to 29 we just sat on her couch and smoked pot <laughs> like <laughs> all, all, like all, all the time that's what we did and so it was it was because we could enjoy like we enjoyed you know, sitting and ordering a fun meal and watching a movie and all of that stuff. But there was some fear. There is, it wasn't like, it wasn't healthy. It wasn't just like, oh, we might smoke a joint tonight. It was like, we're going to smoke all day and yeah. we're going to smoke all day tomorrow and we're going to smoke all day the next day. Oh my goodness. Um, so I think there's that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Then there's like the Leo or the, uh, the fire sign mm -hmm. uh, partiers. Okay. And they, I, I don't think it's so much addictive as it is they just want to have a good time and they don't ever want the good time to end. Yeah. And Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. So if, if, if the Sag is like, you know, unevolved or has trauma and it's, it, it lets it's Jupiter, like basically Jupiter is the planet of expansion. So yeah. Jupiter walks into a party and is like shots for everyone, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like takes the tray of shots and yeah. takes all of the shots mm -hmm. instead of just taking one shot. Um, that that that's kind of it, it can be it can come from trauma but it can also come from just wanting to have a good time and i think that's more where leo comes from too like okay. most leos i know can party all night like yeah. like until seven in the morning whereas me the taurus who can smoke 1800 joints yeah has to be at home in bed by 9 p.m yeah you're like i'm so, tired right right exactly so <laughs> then but now we get to pisces pisces is the again the classic example of the you know escapism and that's oh. and then we this is neptune again so this is because pisces is so extremely sensitive is literally feeling my pain your pain ever the whole world's pain yeah that this reality is really hard for it it is a harsh harsh reality and i think a lot of um pisces uh, can just sort of 
dip into that escapist behavior. And for, in fact, it doesn't necessarily have to be drinking drugs, that sort of escapism. I know like my mom, for example, who's very Piscean, she escapes through books, fantasy novels, mm. uh, TV. My dad it was who was ex- like more Pisces than my mom. He escaped through chasing women. Yeah. So, you know, like he, for example, he didn't even, he couldn't even drink. He felt really he didn't like feeling out of control and that mm-hmm. came from another part of his chart but um i think that like still that the world this world is very hard for pisces Got pisces it. really isn't in this world pisces is in another world so it being here on planet earth is hard yeah what's funny is the last time you spoke you said pisces and aquarius are like the two most mm-hmm. alien signs Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Do you think they are, like, rooted in alien, you know, like, star seeds? And- I do. I think Aquarius, when we talk alien, I think we talk Aquarius. When we talk, like, the spiritual world or, the mm. you know, what where we go after we die, like, more on that sort of yes. watery realm, yeah, that's yeah. Pisces. But um, I think it's funny because the star seed, that specific word, there's... Um, she has a podcast and she has a big following on Instagram. Her name's Jordan Younger. Okay. She has an Aquarius North node and she is connected to the Pleiadians and she like channels a lot. And I think that a lot of that comes from, cause she's a Libra. Okay. So, and, and the air signs have a connection to the other side and to psychicness and all of that stuff. But hers, I think really does come from her Aquarius North node. And it is literally connected to a group of aliens called the Pleiadians. So wow. I think that, yes, you're, you're, and, and she talks a lot about star seeds and, and that she's a star seed. So that's basically, you, you really triggered that right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Max. So after we finished our recording, she actually looked up Bonnie and Clyde's birth chart and she said that Bonnie was a Libra and Clyde was an Aries. So, she was super relationship oriented, so she needs to be in a relationship, and Clyde was her opposite. So this makes his dominating Aries energy extremely strong, but his traits such as being dominating and powerful and brave was exactly what she felt was lacking in herself. So that kind of magnified their pull towards each other and you know their dynamic. I was so curious. They're like my favorite felon couple. I, I feel like maybe they're the only felon couple. I don't know. But they're definitely one of my favorite <laughs> criminals. <laughs> I mean, I just love them. I also really liked the movie when I was little. So, you know, that might have played a part. I really hope you guys are being safe. Don't go out this weekend. Take great care of yourselves and your loved ones please stay in wash your hands don't panic buy anything don't be one of those hoarders let's just be considerate and spread love and be positive and we're all going to get through this together and in the meantime i will be here with you guys every single friday so i'll catch you guys next week bye Thank you.